everyone, and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where we watch the movies that you recommend. I am your host, John, with me as always, my co-host, Jeff. That's me! And we have got 2006's The Covenant. Hell yeah. In a nice little, like, after-dinner mint to witchy ween from System Mastery. Yeah. A- well, given that that was just an abysmal disappointment. <laughs> the witchy ween movie mastery sucked this year. Oh, yeah. All of the October I wanted to do comedy horror were trash. <laughs> now, just so you know, The Covenant is also trash, oh, but it is trash in a very unique way. It's a certain kind of, it's solving in a specific way for trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's trash the way, like, beastly is trash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, so the general idea behind 2006's The Covenant is someone saw the the craft and went, but why not about boys? Boys can do that. (laughs) I hate that there is a woman-led movie. Let me get one for guys. I gotta tell you, it was really hard to make sure I was watching this movie. There's like eight movies called The Fucking Covenant. There's one that came out this year. Yes. I (laughs) had the thing where when I rolled up randomly, uh, for those who don't know, you can suggest a movie to put onto our list, and I just use a random number generator to figure out what we watch Mm -hmm. this is randomly generated it just happened to sort of tie into our previous witch nonsense yeah but yeah when i rolled it up i was like wait a minute what the fuck is this there's like four options (laughs) yeah and then i went oh no wait i know exactly what this is 70s horror one it's not the current jake gyllenhaal military one no it is the (laughs) the craft for dudes by way of the cw it's the taylor kitsch one (laughs) And uh, he's it's not the Sebastian Stan, Stan one. one. I know now it's the Sebastian Stan one. Yeah, but at the time I think it was and introducing kind of deal for him. He looks he looks baby faced in this. Oh yeah, he's he's a wee babbins. It's oh six. He's yeah. I don't even think he's been on whatever Gossip Girl yet, which him and I think one of the other people on here would go on to do. Yeah, that's that sounds right. Oh yeah, Chase Crawford. Who is also one of the guys in here mm-hmm. who then would also be the deep in the boys. When he <laughs> yes. showed up in the show, I was like, why do you look familiar? Oh, you're a baby version of the deep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got an it, it's got a cast. There's people you've heard of in it, maybe you didn't hear of at the time, but yeah. at least one of them has winter soldiered out pretty hard for himself. Hey, one of the trivia bits on IMDB for this is that, hey, Did you know that all of the main guy characters in this used to model? Yeah, no no shit. Thanks for letting me know. Also, now one of them is the Winter Soldier and one of them is Gambit. Think about that. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Gambit for like 30 seconds in the worst movie you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. the, The base idea behind this is there's... There's some teenage boys and they've got magic powers. Mm -hmm. And then another teenage boy also has magic powers, but he doesn't like them. I mean, having only about six months ago watched the the actual movie Beastly, this is so close to it, like in terms of the tone and the way that the characters present themselves, that it's just it's just shocking. It's amazing to me the sort of early 2000s expression of movies like this where they were like, all right, let's just do a CW film. We're going to throw the same sort of like mm-hmm. new metal shit into the background. We got 25-year-old, 17-year-olds here, everybody. And the shot compositions are all so closely the same. Yeah. It is 
watching this movie, you're like, I've watched this movie. Yeah. I've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie 22 minutes at a time over the past six years. Yeah. Because they never cancel anything on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is 27 different shows I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. it's uh it, yeah because you know it's basically just boy charmed if you want to if you want to actually make it into a cw show yeah it's <laughs> it is unfortunate uh the spoiler free review for this is it's un- hot trash it is it is very hot and very trash yes, a, if, if you like if you like male models yeah throwing energy balls at each other then baby have i got you yeah if you're looking for your uh your weekly quotient of shirtless dudes with perfect hair that's right in their eyes <laughs> i like that they in the main characters you sort of get the the gamut of all the i'm the sexy guys mm-hmm. from a cw show because they're all very close but you get the slight variations where you're like I'm the one who's not as muscly, and I'm kind of like a a little dick. I'm like the Draco Malfoy of the yeah, group. Yeah, you got that. That's Ray, Reed or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. got the. I'm the. I'm the nice one. I. I'm. I'm kind of a good guy. I'm also, you know, absolutely ripped. Uh, but that's I'm Caleb, the, the main one. The main one. Yeah. You've got your your sort of bad boy. Who's, yeah. Uh, Taylor Kitsch, mm-hmm. the one with the long hair, who doesn't. Who's and then the one who doesn't do anything. Yeah, and then Chase Crawford, who is also there. <laughs> and then, of course, you've got Sebastian Stan for the the villain, who's also sexy. And his name is Chase in the movie. So you have multiple Chases, which gets confusing. His name's Chase Collins. <laughs> Chase He's a Collins. a new boy from out of town. Uh, yeah. So it is... It's not a good movie no, by any means. Not at all. But unlike a lot of the movies that we have watched, and especially the last ones, it is not prohibitively bad where yeah. you're like no please don't watch this i'm like oh go for it watch this trash it's great yeah. it's awful i don't think i i think this is a rare situation where i didn't send you a message about the movie mid-movie no and so which which is a, i was worried yeah. that you had not watched it because yeah. i didn't get my customary oh god what the fuck yeah because it's not as bad like normally when i send you those messages it's because i need to like like breathe. you gotta get a minute it's a breather I, I like, oh god i gotta turn the movie off take my glasses off pinch the bridge of my nose real hard message john you gotta like, just this steal is, yourself this is stable stabilizing me and then i'm going and this one i was just like i just watched this from start to finish baby yeah the only things i hated about it were the shitty music <laughs> and it's not even that the music is no, shitty great music there's just <laughs> here's the thing there's a lot of it if you put fucking stabbing westward into your movie you have to realize that your movie now sucks yes and it's not stabbing westward's fault no it's your fault your fault for thinking that you should put this in here Uh and the second that thought crosses your mind you have to realize i'm making a bad movie no no movie in history outside of maybe mortal Kombat or and maybe spawn let's go ahead and set those two aside because those those two will have epic soundtracks despite being new metal because they're the right kind of thing yeah but spawn is also trash it is hot trash it's extremely (laughs) shitty and so is the first Mortal Kombat movie, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, but at least they're the right kind of shitty. No movie has ever been improved by having a fuel song in it. No. It only makes your movie worse. When you're like, all right, I'm making a, a gritty, fucked up movie, and I'm going to have that. I'm like, dude, no, you made I Frankenstein. I'm sorry. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> oh, man, you could have put any kind of score in here, and you picked a bunch of Seven Dust tracks. <laughs> sorry. Oops. Like, I get it. Metalheads get to make movies, too, but they they shouldn't score them with metal. <laughs> no, it's... Or when new you've metal made, in particular. When you've made a movie where you think the soundtrack should be this, 
that's when you fucked up. You're like, oh, I've directed a movie that seems like it should have this as a soundtrack. I made a bad movie. Rennie Harlan, you made a bad movie. I mean, I don't feel like that's a big surprise or anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, there you go. Spoiler free review is go ahead and watch it. It's stupid, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, we will be playing a little bit of music, though, and we are going to come back with the full in-depth spoiler review for 2006's The Covenant. We're back, and it is time to really talk about The Covenant. Yeah, let's get way into it. I want to I want to examine all the themes. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about the mise-en-scene now i do appreciate that this movie opens with text like fire text over pictures of old salem witch shit because yeah this is a real salem witch shit movie yeah this is about the uh the sons of ipswich mm -hmm. uh which is my favorite motorcycle show <laughs> good yeah yeah thank you uh but the general idea of there there exists People who have a shitload of magic power. Yeah. And it doesn't really go into, did these people bargain for it or do they just have it? Yeah. Like, is this a mutant situation or is it a demon situation? We don't know. But it seems like what happened in Salem, although this is not confirmed, maybe there's a tie-in novel. Well, I mean, they say people have had this for a while. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of persecutions in Europe, and then they fled to America, and then the persecutions happened here. Yeah, so the Salem Witch Trials were just people wrongfully punishing a bunch of random innocent women and a couple of guys over the actions of the firstborn sons of the five richest families in, in uh, Salem at the time. It's, it's weird to me, though, that they're like, ah, yes, the all of these, the Salem Witch Trials is about this, and I go, yeah, but you established that. Everyone with this power is the firstborn son. Mm -hmm. So you'd think anyone who was like, oh, we're hunting for whatever these things are, because they do occasionally say that they are witches, but also just that they have a power. Yeah, they, don't, like, they only say think, witch with like tweezers, like ironic well, yeah. tweezers come out when they say witch in this movie. But it's it's the thing where I'm like, oh, if you were a hunter for any of these people, because you're like, oh, I hate the idea that anyone would have this power. You'd go, oh, I'm only going to kill the eldest son of any family. Yeah. Or at least males, if you didn't know it was only the eldest son, you'd be like, oh, it's just dudes. My, my guess, I mean, because the only people we know for sure that know about witch power at all are the boys themselves and one of their parents, and one of the boys' parents. Well, we only meet. And a love interest. One of the boys' parents at all. I have to assume all the parents know. Yeah, but everyone else, like, there's that part of the beginning where they escape some cops and then fall in behind the cops. And the cops aren't just like, goddamn, which children of this fucking city we live in? No. Instead, they're like, how'd they disappear into the fog like that? Well, I guess it's just one of those mysteries we're never meant to solve. So we know that not everyone knows which stuff. No, but the fact that the opening text is like, ah, people were hunting them, so they went to America, and then people hunted them here. And you're like, okay, but if you were hunting them, then you had to know about them. Well, I mean, they had to know that some people somewhere were doing magic shit. And given that they can pretty much just do whatever, and one of the weirdest things to me about this movie is that, yes, they can basically just do whatever they want to with their magic, but it's all extremely codified. There's parts where they'll describe like, oh, uh, one of the, this bad guy, which we don't know who he is yet. He summoned a bunch of spiders into a room, which we are going to call an act of creation magic. Yes, there um, are. There's terms there. 
only very rarely do yeah. they talk about it in terms of like spells. Yeah. Normally it's just, oh, I have fiat magic powers. And then very randomly, it feels like there were multiple versions of this script where yeah. one of them was, yes, they are witches. And then the one we got was, no, they're just sort of superheroes. Yeah, there's it's this weird mix between like so, sometimes they could just do whatever. Like one of them runs or, or uh, drives his car head on into a logging truck, disappears into oblivion and then reassembles himself from nothing in an instant a second later. Uh, but a lot of the time they're like, well. It's going to take all four of us to make this Jeep fly for a couple of seconds. So you're just like, what? what is the power scale? What's happening? But a lot of things are codified. You've got creation magic. You've got sendings. Uh, they can summon in illusory zombies to torment other people with that are called darklings. Here's the thing. They don't explain that at all. No. Because one of the big weird failings in this movie, just plot-wise, mm -hmm. is the reason you have things like, you know the new girl joining the coven in the craft or Harry Potter being outside of the wizarding world and all that is so you can have someone who does not know any of this shit and then gets explained to them so that people can tell you what the fuck their dumb shit is. You're calling that a failing, but my, my least favorite thing is the gobsmacked idiot at the center of a long running franchise. Well, I love that this movie doesn't bother with that shit. I assumed that the girlfriend that we get in here was going to be like, Oh yeah, we've spent like an hour saying like, I saw a darkling and you're like, what is that? What does that mean? Is that a thing that's on purpose or does that happen when something happens? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. And we'll never explain it. It will never be explained at all in this movie. And I thought for sure that Sarah, the character that comes in and is the main character's like new love interest when when he finally goes like, yeah, you, there's something you need to know about me. I'm fucking ridiculously powerful and she's like yeah you're rich i know yeah <laughs> no no i also you're, have magic you're, you're powers. white and you're white and rich and you live in the northeast we, we know we get it yeah no but i can if i if i put my mind to it i can do anything yeah, oh, I, yeah. I know i said it the laws don't apply to me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no, we, no no we're look, up to speed i've already said it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i was thinking oh they're gonna explain it to her because there's so much shit that they just don't explain and just don't. I'm ever. fine with it. I like it better that way, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have minded too much if they had, had a little bit of explanation here and there, but I'm fine without it. The only problem for me, the glaring hole in this movie, is that once you find out who the bad guy is, and it's really obvious pretty much from the moment you meet him, uh, but if most of the movie is a mystery of who's the bad witch, um, is once you learn it, you're like, well, wait, why was he doing all that shit then? All the shit he did prior to this, where he was just torturing like random people by sending zombies to them and stuff. Again, that's not a thing he did. That Darklings just show up. No, someone says, like, someone sent a Darkling who did that. Uh, we we don't know. There's also the part where he starts sending spiders in to scare the the, the love interest. Or um, the, or I don't know if it's... It wasn't him that did the thing where... I mean, to go through the plot in a random order, there's a part where the main love interest is taking a shower and, like, a light bulb falls out and she gets a ghostly presence and all that. And it, theoretically, that was supposed to be read the asshole friend who's also a witch coming back to, to visit and messing with her because he's also no. trying to hit on her but it's not that was done by the bad guy witch and we never know why and he's not in that scene at all he just did it i guess well you you see the sort of ghost version of yeah. him why and is you he can doing see that? that it's fucking sebastian stan yeah but we don't there's no reason for him to be doing that and once you learn that oh yeah he's definitely the bad witch all right that's sebastian stan the bad witch like what was he doing up until this right as soon as we were like oh it's him as soon as we get an inkling that it's him everything he starts doing makes sense it's driven it's about acqu acquiring power it's this and that um but prior to that he's just 
fucking around, I guess. I mean, let me tell you this. That shower scene in particular. It's there to have a girl shower scene. Yeah, because it's wild. Not only are you like, wait a minute, why is this fucking witch being like, I'm going to randomly fuck with this girl very lightly. But also, why did she give a fuck? Because she's taking a shower. Here's a like electric buzz and then a uh like the light shatters and she's like hello is someone there what did you think someone threw a fucking rock at it did they tase the light why do you think someone is out there when a light breaks yeah why would you I would assume, just go oh fuck why would you assume anyone else is there with you in the shower of a dorm room <laughs> which because of course this takes place in the biggest emptiest dorms in the world yes <laughs> it's movie style dorms you know where they're like they're living actually in a giant luxury condominium uh, complex oh yeah and the fact that she's like Oh no, is someone out there? I'm like, I don't know, probably. Yeah. Like, what do you give a a fuck? You're in a dorm shower. There should be like 50 people in there. (laughs) It's just weird. (laughs) The whole scene is fucking weird. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. But after the the intro, we get our our four main boys, uh, who we went over who they were already a little bit. But you know, you've got the bad boy, the extra guy, the 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 uh, really bad boy, and the good boy. Yeah, and the you, really bad boy is like your Alex Petty first style hair in his eyes blonde. Yeah, because you've got like the sort of hothead, which is Pogue, and then you've got the like kind of asshole He's stuck up is Reed. Yeah. So the four of them meet on a cliff that's overlooking a party because this movie's also got a little chunk of Lost Boys stuck in it. <laughs> um, and they, they, they meet on a cliff overlooking a party and they're talking about how they want to go down to the party and it's going to be a great time. And then one by one, they jump off that cliff because they're going to be fine. Yes. And they disappear into the mist because, you know, someone saw Lost Boys, someone named Ronnie Harlan. <laughs> now, here's one of the immediate thoughts I had in this opening scene when they're like, oh, we're going to jump off the cliff to go to this party. I was like, when you walk up to this party, you are going to be coming from a cliff face instead of from wherever the drive down is. Yeah. Which means everyone's going to see you and not everyone's going to go oh my god, you came from the cliff face, they're going to think, you came down the normal way and were such drama queens that you hiked over to the cliff face to then walk yeah, down yeah. from that. And we know they did. That, here's the thing. We know not only would people think that, they'd be right. Because here's the thing. About halfway into the party scene, which is mostly just setting up to introduce a couple of extra characters to the movie, um, it's announced that the cops are coming and everyone runs to their cars, including the boys. So they parked their car down there, then went up that cliff so they could meet up there and then jump off that cliff. It's true. These are the most drama queen boys ever who are like, well, we could just drive down there, but I need to make an entrance. And by that, I mean, I need to impress the three other friends I have who yeah. have the exact same powers. As and, me. and by that, I do mean, I do need to drive down there. I have to drive down there first and then leave. Yes. People are going to see my car, so they're going to, because it's parked near all the other cars, but I'm going to be gone, because I'm going to go up to this cliff, and then one by one, I'm going to meet all these other guys, who all jump into my car when it's go time, so I don't know how the rest of them got here. Did they did they take different hikes up to the cliff top? What are we doing? I mean, one of them has a motorcycle. <laughs> That's true. But the other ones, I'm like, I know they all have cars, they're rich kids, but I was like, none of them are have their cars here so that means they had to carpool in Mm -hmm. and then as a group walk back up the mountain but then separate because one by they arrive one by one at that cliff face to talk to each other it starts with three of them already. only one of them walk up to the rest of them okay but yeah they go to the party and this is 
basically our new girl, I forget her name. Uh, new girl is Sarah. Sarah. She's being talked to by her roommate. Yeah, Kate. Kate. Now, Kate's basically just walking her through uh, what school's like and who all the hot boys are. Yeah, I mean, timeline-wise, this is basically the end of summer, start of the school year party. Yeah. Now, in this scene, you're going to meet a bunch of characters who don't matter. You think they're going to. You're like, ah. This oh is, yeah. This is going to be the this is going to be one of them CW high drama lots of high school students even though they're all 25 uh things. And we start by meeting the mean girl who shows up to let Sarah know that, you know, everyone in school knows that you're here on some kind of grant program and not rich like the rest of us. How do you go from a public school to a private school? Hmm. Never see her again. It's so weird to me that they set up her her asshole boyfriend. Yeah. Who then starts shit with like uh Reed, the, I think. With you know it's Pogue, the, it's Pogue, I think. The boys. Yeah. And there's this like rivalry set up, but it's just immediately squashed by Sebastian Stan being like, I'm also here to help because I'm supposed to, you know, throw you off the scent that I'm a bad guy. But if you've seen the trailer, it is very clear that I am the villain. I'm going to ingratiate myself into the group real quick. And someone, I think it's Reed, casts a spell that makes uh, what, like the, one of their friends vomit on the main bad guy's back. Yeah, so he throws up on the main bully's back. By main bully, we mean the guy who's the main bully of this scene. And then I don't know if he ever shows up again. I, he might be the guy who's the other, the the competition love interest for state for us, uh, Kate. I am not sure. No, the competition love interest is Sebastian. Oh, Stan. it is. Oh, okay. All right. Um. Anyway, I thought it was another guy. I thought there was a. I thought there was an additional guy with even spikier hair who was like the extra love and he was like just a friend or something. Yeah, that's Sebastian. That's Stan. Sebastian Stan. Okay, great, great. All right. So, so anyway, then then the cops come and they all have to run. And the cops get on after Reed starts to present himself as competition for our hero Caleb. Uh, in terms of the, lo the the affections of the new girl. Yeah, both of them see Sarah and they're like, ah, I like you. Sarah very clearly does not give a shit about Reed and likes Caleb. Mm -hmm. And Reed is angry about that. Yeah. So when Kate's car can't start, uh, he's like, I'll fix it. Goes over, opens the hood, and then like magics pretends it. to do a thing, but just magics it to work. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, I feel like the, the movie is missing a bit where you see him magic it broken, too. Like, how obvious is that, right? Like, oh, I, I know I can get I can get into her good graces temporarily fixing her car or breaking it and then unfixing it. That'll make me look like the hero. But I guess he just waited for the organic moment. I guys guys just uh, authentic. That's yeah, all. He's yeah. authentico. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, when he's here, he's family. Yeah. No, no, nothing more Italian than the super New England -y cast of this uh, this <laughs> shitty movie. <laughs> the. The thing about this is we also establish in sort of the opening text thing that the power that they have the more you use it the more it will kill you eventually now the movie will essentially go on to maybe undo that for what they have because essentially the idea is at 13 you get some magic powers. Yes, it's like a little training wheels trial run. And then at 18, you ascend and you get your full power. Yeah, which is like a thousand times more. But if you use the power, it 
ages you prematurely mm-hmm. for however much you use. Yes. Now, at least that's what we're told. We get yes. we we see one person like uh, Caleb's dad is super aged as a result of this this action. And Sebastian Stan Chase Chase's dad was also like aged to the point of death. We don't see him, but that's what we're told. What we do see is Sebastian Stan using magic in every single scene he's in in this entire movie the entire time and never aging a day. Yes. I mean, part of me was like Oh, that's such a great thing to go. Why are these 27-year-olds being 18-year-olds in this? Oh, they are 18. They've just been aged up to 27 because they keep using magic. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but then they should be different in terms of the, how they look. Like, uh, like Reed should be the oldest because he's the one who's the most addicted to using his power when he looks like the youngest. I mean, the weird thing is, Caleb is actually the youngest person in here, mm. even though he was the oldest of the four boys. Gotcha. Uh, the <sighs> So, yeah, the rules on it are weird and nebulous because it might be that you don't age until you get your ascension powers. Yeah, we don't know. And that would be why, like, oh, Reed isn't older because it doesn't do anything until later. Yeah. But we don't know because this movie has a real big problem for not explaining literally anything. (laughs) I know you're fine with that because you don't like the trope of the insert character that doesn't know it things. wouldn't be that bad for this movie but like harry potter makes no fucking sense because that kid goes to an entire sa- series of school years he well, goes yeah. all the way it through he sense. matriculates it makes sense for the first book but for him to be like in year five to go what there's a magic jelly bean oh. you're like what call blimey there's other schools yeah how would you not have noticed that by now yeah come on <laughs> Well, you could use magic to do things. Yes, that's what this whole thing is. A potions class, you say? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Harry. You're so fucking dumb all the goddamn time. Oh my god, I understand why they put you under the stairs. Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yes, this one could definitely have used with at least a modicum of explanation. I think if it was any of this was explained, it would fall apart because... <laughs> this is a this is precarious this is that christmas decoration in national lampoon's christmas vacation this is this is jenga when no one wants to pull anymore (laughs) you're just like i don't know if i touch this it's gonna fuck up yep uh so anyway they escape the police by using all their powers at once to fly off a cliff in their jeep and then rather than just disappearing they land right behind the parked cop car and drive away laughing and the cops are like well how'd they even do that them boys is crazy, I tell you, but they ain't magic. None of us suspect that. Yeah. There's the scene afterwards later where, like, the main cop is talking to the two guys who had followed them through here, and they're like, you know, we couldn't see nothing but their taillights, but I could have sworn they went over that cliff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dude, the cop has to be in on it. He's got to be, like, one of their fathers or something. Yeah. Like, it'll turn out he's, like, Pogue's dad or yeah, something. Yeah, he'll be like, you fucking reckless assholes. He'll be like, no, there's no way. You guys have been drinking on the job. And then we'll see him later. But again, this movie introduces things that you think will be important and then does not use them. It does it a lot. Yes. It's constantly like, here's two people. They might be a thing. No, they are not. <laughs> anyway, after the party scene is over, Caleb goes home uh, to his weird mom, who, as we mentioned earlier, knows what's going on. But basically, she's just grumpy because Caleb's about to turn 18 and ascend, and she's worried that he'll end up like his father who used too much magic, but that's as far as the movie is willing to go into the storyline right now. Yeah, they all say that he is dead. Yes. Uh, we do find out that, no, he's just ancient now yeah. and living in a weird little cabin. Mm-hmm. But his mom is an alcoholic and is 
just like, oh, you gotta, you gotta know that this power is addicting and that he'll kill you if you use it. Don't you dare do it. You're seductive and you'll never, you never not do it. And Caleb just very stoically is like, yes, mother. No, mother. I won't use power, mother. Yeah. I mean, the important thing with Caleb is that he is the most responsible of the four of them. Like, he's the one who's like, I'm trying to make sure that, that none of our, my three friends kill themselves with stupid magic. Oh, yeah. Every I'm, time Reed does anything that's like, oh, I'm just going to use power to do some dumb shit. He's like, stop it. <laughs> you know that this will fucking kill you. And it's super addictive. Like, you've got to stop because I think it's literally physically addictive. As yes. Per, like, if there, if there was a thing that I would like to have the explaining Patsy character, it'd be, the, it'd be just that. I don't care about how the magic works. It's the force. No, You're fine. I don't want an explanation on how the magic works. It's obviously just hand wave bullshit. Yeah. But if they were, if they had a scene where they were like, no, it's literally a physical addiction. Like once you start using the magic, you can't stop. Then that, that'd be fine. Um, so he's not going to cheat though. But then he goes home, goes to bed and wakes up in the middle of the night by a giant pulse of super magic. And that is the part where, uh, Sarah is, is taking her shower and she gets haunted by Sebastian Stan as a creepy ghost. Yeah. And it wakes him up and he thinks Reed did it because Reed's always the asshole who's always using too much magic. Now, the weird thing about that is the way that it is shot, they're like, oh, Sebastian Stan fucking with Sarah was the giant pulse of magic and it was enough to wake me up. Mm -hmm. But it's actually... Like, the way that they then talk about it and say things like, oh, no, the, the giant pulse of magic was when he killed that kid, except he did that pre-party, yeah. which means it wouldn't have woken him up. Yeah. And the Darkling that shows up, by the way, a Darkling is just like a, uh, ghost. a weird ghost-ish, yeah. but they're like, oh, it took the form of this dead kid. So it's not like a ghost haunts you. I was assuming the the context clues I was getting was, I think it's a weird spirit that shows up when too much magic is used. Okay, that would like, make some they're sense. They're just attracted to magic. Yeah. And it takes the form of whatever the magic was used, mm -hmm. I guess. Form against? of a melting zombie. But it's it's got that mid mouth close the matrix thing, yes. so its mouth is all sort of like melty grilled cheese when you pull it apart. You know the thing. You know. <laughs> It looks but like that. They show up twice in the movie and they don't matter. They're just there for jump scares. Yeah. But yeah, the, the movie doesn't make sense with how it's set up. Like, the only thing that would make sense is if, if uh, the thing that woke Caleb up in the middle of the night was the haunting of Sarah in the shower. Um, but we established that it's not. It's when Sebastian Stan drains the life out of some random kid in a car for, as far as we can tell, no reason at all. Oh, because he saw him use magic. Oh, he saw him use magic. So he's just covering his tracks. Yeah, he was like, oh, he saw me use a magic thing and I tried to tell him no. And he wouldn't let it go, so I just murdered him. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, we get a lot of high school shit, obviously. Again, with lots of weird setups for things that don't really matter, like the part where we get a long lecture from one of the teachers about how they're going to focus on the contemporaries of American literature this year, starting yeah. with Cormac McCarthy and ending with Stephen King, and someone's pointing out that, yo, Dreamcatcher was the shit. Yeah. Which, like, that's how you know that Reed is a fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Dreamcatcher wasn't the shit. Reed, what is wrong with you? I mean, maybe he liked the novel. <laughs> Pretty sure it's a short story, but <laughs> not 100% sure. But it's also about, you know, four magic kids. So mm, that's fair. That's the that's parallel. Just, yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that make uh, it work pretty well as well? No, because that's seven magic kids. Yeah. This is four magic kids. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but out of those seven and magic kids. And it's four magic kids. Uh, yeah, out of those seven <laughs> magic kids, aren't there four of them? <laughs> 
you know what? That was terrible, and I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, it's stand by me. Those kids have some kind of magic. You know, that summer there was some kind of magic. <laughs> it's some kind of magic. <laughs> it's a kind of magic. He said. <laughs> Queen is for magic, guys, right? <laughs> That's Stephen King's greatest book, the one with the haunted radio gaga. <laughs> it's also in that scene with the teacher where he's like, ah, oh, and this is what our shit is going to be this semester, where you get the bully and his mean girl girlfriend show up again. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, they're going to be a recurring character. And then that will be the final scene that they are in. Yeah, that's the last time you ever see them. It's so weird how hard this wants to set some things up. Yeah. It also, in that same scene... Uh, Caleb gets asked to go see the dean. The provost. The provost. Yeah. And Provost Higgins is like, oh, Caleb, I need you to make sure that you uh, take young Chase Collins, Sebastian Stan's character, mm-hmm. under your wing. And I heard there was a fight or whatever. And you need to make sure that he's uh, he enjoys his time here because his family had a big donation or whatever. Yeah, I think we skipped ahead a bit to get to that part because that's after the bar fight happens. But it's fine. We can come back to the bar fight later. Um, but yeah, he's just like, those guys gave us a shitload of money. So just I'm laying down the ground rules. I will never get mad at Chase Collins for anything. And you guys need to act on baby steps around him because you do not fuck with my school's money. And Higgins also seems like, oh, this guy's going to come back because we get another scene where... He ends up calling Chase in and is yeah. like, hey, Chase, uh, did you hear about that kid who died? Anyway, they found your student ID in the car. Yeah. And there's that thing where I'm like, oh, they're setting up. He's either going to go kill Higgins now because he's like, oh, you know too much. Mm-hmm. Or or nothing. Or he's like, oh, Higgins is in on it. He knows about this shit. Yeah. And whatever. But no, that character right after that scene immediately stops existing yes because the movie doesn't give a shit anymore yeah so eventually there's a couple of very cw nothing interesting happening scenes like the pharmacy and so on that will that are used to onboard the relationship between caleb and sarah yes um just just let just to let you know they are dating from pretty much the beginning of the film so you don't have to worry too much about that but once they're dating he takes her to Nikki's, which is this bar they all go to owned by a surly guy named Nikki. It's like the local student bar. Yeah. Which makes me think this might be they're all like, it's weird because this bar, I guess they're not drinking alcohol, but it is an open bar. Like like the Nikki guy is standing at a real bar, but his entire bar is high school students. I don't think he's giving them alcohol. No, because the only uh, thing we see someone order from the actual actors is someone going up and getting a Coke and a burger and fries. Yes, that's Taylor Kitsch. But uh, there's a point where they're all playing. Three of them are all playing uh, pool, pool together, and they see a lady leaning over, and it's probably the grossest part of this movie. Yeah. Um. Where where uh, they're all gonna they're, she's leaning over in a miniskirt, and our three witch boys, Caleb notwithstanding, because he's too much of a boy scout to be involved in this kind of bullshit. Yeah. Are taking wagers as to what manner of panties she might be wearing. Obviously, they're going to use magic to flip up her skirt. Yes. So the bets are, you know, blue and cotton, lace and red. And then the creepiest line of the movie handed over to Taylor oh. Kitsch, who says, boys, boys, that girl hasn't worn panties since she was 12. <laughs> Pick a different age, buddy. That's Stop. not that's not the right age. That's that's not what you want to be saying. No, <laughs> uh, I do love that that scene uh, is in the trailer, mm-hmm. but they uh, CG some panties onto her because obviously Taylor Kitsch is correct. She is not wearing panties. It's an excuse to show a bare bottom. Mm-hmm. But 
They're like, oh, wait, we want to do that because we want everyone to know that our movie is titillating. Yeah. But also we can't just show a bare ass. So the trailer just has some CG black panties on this girl. Nice. No one even bet that. That would have been no, that would have been flat money. It was the weird. dealer would have taken it. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, I watched the trailer for this beforehand. And when they were betting, I was like, oh, it's none of those. I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> you fools. You're all wrong. <laughs> you rubes. <laughs> She's wearing spray painted black on black satin. <laughs> She's wearing on spray painted panties. Like when, when you have to watch those edited versions of showgirls. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, you know, they blow up her skirt to see her bare butt. And then she's like, ah, who did that? But this is enough to piss off Caleb, who's like, would you guys quit fucking using magic? And then Reed's like, uh-uh, I'm going to go use it to uh, hustle guys at pool for some reason, even though I'm super rich. Yeah. Sarah basically is like, oh, Sebastian, Stan, and Caleb are off, like, playing fucking uh, foosball. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taylor Kitsch is over there, and he's like, I want to join in. And... So Sarah and Kate are just sitting at the table, and Sarah's like, this is horseshit. Oh, God, I, I thought we were supposed to have, shit. like, the guys with us. And Kate's just like, no, this is what girls do. We just hang out while the boys have fun. And she's like, no, I'm going to play I Love Rock and Roll and then thrust my pussy at him. <laughs> it is a very funny scene. <laughs> she puts on I Love Rock and Roll, which, you know, don't get me wrong. Song fucking rips. Joan Jett rules. But there is no way that you put that song on in a bar and the bar immediately goes, yeah, it's time to dance now. Yeah. We were all just drinking and hanging out. But now that someone has put on I Love Rock and Roll, we're all going to get up and dance. I love that song as much as every other person in the world probably does. It's a killer song, but it's not going to get the audience reaction you think it is. It's it's seen some days. Yeah, it's not an it's not an innovative and original bold new choice. Yeah, neither is it a dance song. So when she puts it on, everyone in the bar's like, woo! And then she's like, well, watch me hike up my skirt a bit and dance at, at Caleb a little. Here we go. And he's like, oh, I guess I'm being danced at now. Okay. But then a fight breaks out, and he has to go deal with that. Yeah. Reed, oh, it's so embarrassing. We hear, we hear so much of that song. Yeah. Reed hustles some guys at pool, and then the pool guys are like, fuck you. We're not going to pay you. Yeah. And, and, you know, Caleb's just like, god damn it. Fucking stop this shit. Yeah, and then they get into a little fight just to establish that how powerful the magic is because they're they're hucking shit at each other. Caleb and Reed are going at it basically. Yeah, um, and Reed, his whole thing. Caleb was like, "Dude, you can't just keep using your powers for random bullshit like hustling people for money. You're already rich. You don't need to do this, and it's addictive. Stop it." Yeah, and Reed's like, "You're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. Fuck you." And he's like, "Well, I'll show you then." And he like fucking gonna... shoots a bunch of magic and shoots him through a wall of bottles and shit. And it's like, what is this teaching him? This isn't going to help. You're not going to beat him into magic. submission. Now let me use magic at you. Yeah, and plus, what kind of what is this beating going to accomplish? Do you think he's going to be like, oh, you're right, I guess I shouldn't because you beat me up. Or is he going to be like, I'm just not going to hang around you when I do it from now on? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It's just, it's just boring, that part. But yeah, the two of them get in a fight, and then we establish as well that Fucking Caleb and Chase are both freestyle swimmers. Yes. And that's something that's established at this bar scene. But then we establish later, like the next morning, they're all at swim practice. And uh, now it's time for Chase to challenge Caleb to let him know that I'm better at you than this. And while they're swimming adjacent to each other, playing some new metal song to let you know how powerful this swimming is, we see that Chase's eyes turn black. So we know there's someone spellcasting. And sure enough, Caleb... Goes too fast, wangs into the wall, and knocks himself unconscious, probably because of magic. Yeah. 
He got magicked into wanging himself. Uh-huh. Which I don't need magic to wang myself. <laughs> Everybody wangs Chung tonight. <laughs> uh, and that is going to be like, oh, no, I I know that fucking Chase is a bad guy now. Yeah. And the <laughs> the speed with which the movie goes, all right, we're going to abandon literally everything that we have established in this movie to just have sebastian stan wander around and deliver sassy monologues yeah is the entire rest of this movie yes. they're like oh we we ripped the the mask off and now everyone knows he's a bad guy the last half of this movie is we're just gonna let this fucker go like we have this part where we get caleb and reed getting into this knockdown throwing kegs and shooting each other through bar through bottles fighting that it, it amounts to the next morning one of them jokes that caleb or that chased or sorry that reed still has a piece of glass in his face but they're back to just being old school friends it will never there's no tension between them ever again no they immediately are like Oh, someone is trying to hurt us. All right, we're all good friends. That doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah, just just over. That beef gets squashed. But b meanwhile, Caleb is Scooby-Dooing out real hard, making Taylor Kitsch go with him, Pogue, to like investigate town records and shit to figure out what the deal is with, with Chase Collins and how could there be another witch. The f the, there were five families of Ipswich, but one of them was all killed. Oh, no, it turns out there was an orphan boy. Yeah, it turns out that... One of the five families, the guy impregnated one of the ladies who accused him of being a witch during the trials, then got him killed, and then she had his bastard son, and then that son went on and on and on, and then had eventually Sebastian Stan. And his real last name isn't Collins, it's Pope from the, the, the Pope family, which was- Goody Pope. Goody Pope, which I'm sure was a super popular name in Salem at the time. Yeah. People love them popes. They were all like, they're like, hell yeah, I'm papist about them popes. <laughs> oh, yeah. My good friend, John Papist the Pope. <laughs> John Papist the Pope. Because when you're here, you're family. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is another scene where I was like, man, you keep driving home the idea that Caleb's like, oh, we can't use our power. Like, it's all addictive or whatever. And then the second a, like, uh security guard comes in to check in on this records room that they are in their idea of how to hide is to fly and just levitate above him yeah and then when pogue accidentally drops some of the sheets of paper he also levitates those as well yeah like i i don't know maybe it's just because i identify these type of characters as being rich assholes who are the major scions of the richest families in town but i feel like the security wa guard walks in and you just go what's up we're drunk yeah and he's like oh god damn it it's you two or uh, you and i'm gonna throw this out here duck yeah that's also <laughs> there or, are yeah. rows of fucking cabinets and you just get behind one yeah i mean i prefer my bold approach of being like yeah i think you know who my mom is so i'm gonna walk right out of here if you like your job yeah i mean that is one of the things where i'm like man i know that this entire movie is about like oh yeah and, and we've gotta we gotta stop this evil out of control guy with this power and i'm like okay but this entire movie is essentially uh the old money needs to protect itself from the nouveau riche is literally the theme of this movie yes because it's ah there are four established people who have all had 
this power their whole lives and mm-hmm. it's been passed down to them and they understand how it works. And then a new person comes in and tries to disrupt it. But he doesn't to know how to it. He doesn't know to use the power appropriately. No. Now he has power, but he's not using it the right way. And mm. you're just like, wow, I don't like anyone here. Yeah, no, it's really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you, if you politicize the lens of this movie even a tiny bit, you're like, oof, oof a doof. Nope, don't like that. It's, it's basically four people saying, like, trickle-down economics is a scam, and here's why. <laughs> Look, the reason we need people to be in charge is because they're rich and know what's going on and how to use it. Uh-huh. I'm a libertarian. <laughs> yeah. Fucked up, dude. It is fucked up. But yeah, now, the, you know, the cat's out of the bag, so... Sebastian Stan starts doing a lot more magic stuff. He starts sending his spiders that he controls all over the place to bother people. He has them. He, he uh, makes it so that he takes uh, stay or I want to call her Stacy for some reason. Kate. Her name, Kate. He takes Kate out to go see a movie and uses that to drive a wedge between her and Pogue just to get Pogue riled up. So he'll go somewhere so that he can attack Pogue just to get at Caleb. Well, I'm like why? Caleb's your friend. You could just call him. You could be like, hey, man, come hang out with me. Yeah, it's weird because he. Uses his spider powers to make Kate have, like, anaphylactic shock from getting bitten so many times. Yes. And then it's like, great. And then that's what's going to get Pogue to come after me. And then I'm going to beat Pogue up. And then he's like, yeah, and you're just bait so I can get Caleb. I'm like, my dude, you know where that man lives. You can't just go, hey, Caleb, did you want to fight? <laughs> Aha, my needlessly circuitous plan is a quarter complete. <laughs> it's And we find out eventually... That his entire deal is he ended up having, you know, uh, this power. He got it when he was 13, obviously. But when he was 18, he maybe accidentally killed his parents. I'm not sure. It's established he has no remorse about it. No, he's definitely gone full evil. Yeah. But the idea is like, oh, and then his parents died in a car accident, like right when he turned 18. So it's not really established like, oh, did he lose control because he ascended and he didn't realize that was going to happen? Or did he ascend and then go, great, now I don't need these guys anymore? Yeah, yeah. It's. <laughs> but, I mean, it's funny because the movie sets this up as like a tragic thing. There's a part where, where the two of them are fighting in a barn, which is the end of this movie. Uh, and he's like, you have no idea how hard it was to grow up getting these powers and not knowing what they are or why you have them. Yes. You four, not only did you have each other, but also your parents know what this is and you were primed for it. Yeah. You knew how to handle it from when it arrived. I have no idea what this is. And because I was never told about it or to be wary of it, he's like, the second I got the powers, I immediately began using them all the time and became instantly addicted to it because i didn't know better to not do that yeah and when i finally found my actual dad and was like oh hey actual dad uh i killed my adoptive parents and uh what's going on and he explained what was happening it was already too late i was already addicted and then he just willed me his power so now i'm double powerful yes and now that that's if you're wondering what the fuck he's doing here, yes, he does still have that weird family desire to punish the four other families of Ipswich for whatever reason. But more importantly, what he actually wants is for Caleb to also will him his power because he thinks that that will get him more out. power is not going to age him. Yes, which Caleb immediately deflates. He's like, that isn't how it works. Like, you'll just age faster because you'll have more power. You're, yeah, it's not the power that wanes. It's, it's your, your body. body. Yeah, so more power coursing through is just going to age your body even faster. And Sebastian stands like, I just don't believe you. Because ultimately, because this is the only option I have to not turn into an old man immediately. So I'm just going to keep pursuing it. Yeah, well, it's 
interesting to me because I was like, oh, that's clearly not actually what he cares about. Like, he can say, oh, I'm doing this because I don't want to get old. But I'm like, oh, no, you're just addicted to power. Yes. So that's what you're doing this for. Same thing. There is no bad blood between the families. Like, the in the five families, it's not like the other four were like, oh, yeah, and we turned this guy in. Yeah. He just happened to get accused by someone that he was having, like a spectral affair with and got killed. So it's not like, ah, yes, there was a big beef and I'm doing this to avenge the family. He's like, no, the family thing doesn't matter. I don't give a shit about who you are or who my ancestors are. I just want your power. Yeah. Cause that's, again, it's a wild thing where you're like, oh, that seems like it should be what this is about. It Mm -hmm. should be like, oh, this is vengeance for my family, but that has zero to do with this plot. I think my, my favorite funny thing about the ending of this is when he's like threatening Caleb. He's like, look, Here's how this is going to work. Uh, you give me your power or I'll kill your girlfriend because by this point he's captured her. Um, and then I promise once I get your power, because he's going to kill you, willing your power to me will kill you. Um, I will leave everyone else alone. I'll be done. You'll you'll be the big hero. They'll always remember is the guy who sacrificed himself to save all of you. And none of them will hear from me again. I'm like, is he supposed to believe that you're going to just walk away from these other three power bags that you could, you, you could harvest oh, yeah. later? He's <laughs> like the fact that he before that was like, having a huge monologue about how like, oh, I just need more power. And if I have power, then I'll, I don't need to worry about getting old and I'll just do whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you're obviously going to fucking like treat these three dudes as Capri sons the second they turn 18 and get their power. Yeah. I just don't understand why anyone would believe that. Uh, but he's trying it anyway, you yeah. know, cause he's got to try something to try and get this. Cause the only way he can, he can't kill Caleb. No, he, he can't just kill. It's not Highlander. No, you have to will your power to someone. Yes, which is established when he starts demanding that Caleb do it and explain that his dad did. Because prior to that, we're like, you can't just hand your power away to other people. That's wild. But then we established this at that point. We're like, okay, time for the movie to start unraveling. So let's take uh, Kate to go meet or Sarah to go meet Caleb's dad, who's like this extremely elderly looking man sitting in a a cabin somewhere. um, And Caleb's like, that's my father. He's 44 years old. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, if the story of this movie is that your dad is 44 and you're 26, then that is a pretty solid story. <laughs> he had me way too early. Oh, man, he's 18. <laughs> I guess that's fair. That's you're the right. whole point of that's, him. That's he turns fair. 18. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the But the other thing they establish is once you turn 18, you die. the power is your life force yes so if you will your power to someone else you basically will your entire life force away so he can't even just be like yeah i can give him my power and then i'll just be a regular rich person Mm -hmm. he's like no it will kill me and because the power only gets passed down to firstborn sons that means his entire bloodline will basically lose the ability to have this power yes yeah, so it's pretty much killing off a bloodline, which, but he, you know, Stan doesn't really care. He just, he just want, but he goes around threatening people. He make he makes Pogue's motorcycle crash. He, uh, he shows up on the hood of Caleb's car and shoots the safety glass from his, uh, from his hood at him, which was actually a pretty cool looking effect, except for the part where he does a Spider-Man flip over the car while it's happening that looked very dumb. Yes. Um, and then the big denouement, the big fight. I don't know if we're, we're probably close to going over for time like we always do in Movie Masteries. Not really. Oh, we're fine? Yeah. Whoa, I thought we should probably rush to the end because we always go too long. Nah, we're good. Okay. But in the end, they just fucking throw power balls at each other. Yeah. The fact that this movie is like, all right, we've established that 
the magic power can do literally whatever you want. Because they're like, oh, my eyes just flash orange, and that makes me cause a guy to vomit, fix a car that doesn't work. Make a car fly. fly. Yeah. Teleport. I can uh, reconstitute a car that has exploded back into itself. Make a magic book float over a big ring of fire for a part where you think that if they were all worried about conserving their magic, they'd just pick the book up and read it instead of floating it over a bunch of candles. The point where Caleb's like, oh, I need to tell you, I figured out that like Chase actually comes from Goody Pope and whatever. It's from the Book of Damnation, where we wrote down all the names of everyone who died in Salem. And... The fact that he's like, yeah, and hold on, I know that book is like five feet away from me, but I'm going to use my magic powers to float it over to me. And not touch it. I'm just going to have it float above a little ring of fire. Also, it's a huge book for the the mini dead of Salem, which, if I remember right, given that we just did that witchcraft book, was 19. But like, that's, that's a tragedy by any by any metric, but... But it's also all of their family yeah. and everyone that they had that, like, their family lines weird thing to be like here's a book about everyone that ever lived in this area yeah but they don't touch it they use magic the whole time to keep this book afloat but anyway as you were trying to say you can use magic to do whatever but at the end of the movie it's to make invisible hadoukens and shoot them at each other oh yeah at the end of this movie is caleb and chase throwing the energy ball back and forth Uh uh-huh like literally creating a like wobbly invisible force ball that he shoots at the other one and the guy grabs it and then charges it up and throws it back and i'm yeah. like why are you doing i this? do appreciate that their improv talents are on display between these two i forget who plays caleb it's, it's uh, steven straight steven straight thank you um but there are parts where, where straight will throw the ball in the air and then kick it at sebastian stan uh, yeah. or, or where they'll elbow it at each other like they're playing a play evil hacky sack the the one where uh sebastian stan instead of shooting invisible balls does basically invisible ropes that he shoots from each of his fingertips Mm -hmm. to wrap around Caleb and drag him towards him. I was like, well, at least you're doing something else besides just Hadoukens. It's neat, but it doesn't mean it. The problem with this is we have these two characters flinging these, these uh, basically bonk balls at each other where all they do is kind of knock each other around. They can't kill each other. And yeah, it just turns into a telekinesis fight rather yeah. than a magic fight. And they, uh, Sebastian Stan, the last thing he could possibly do is kill Caleb. If he does that, he's wasting all of his time. So all this time where he's like, I'm going to drag you into mud with my suit. I'm going to fling you out of this barn and then set you on fire. And you're like, but you're going to have to put him out and ask him to say, I will you my power over and over again. There is a point in that fight where he has him face down or face up in the mud and he get, gets over him and he says, you have to say the words. Repeat after me. I will. I will you my you my and i was like oh my god is that how he fixes this is he just gonna trick is him he gonna mix yes spit like this dude <laughs> kid sex spittle him <laughs> kill tipsy zim kill tipsy zim thank you i forgot how to say it but yeah i really wanted sebastian stan to say power oh fuck oh yeah <laughs> that would have been a way better ending i had that exact thing where i was like wait a minute why are you saying it don't do that you're <laughs> fucking yourself like I just kept waiting for Kate to be like, wait, what words? What am what I words? supposed to say? Which words did you want me to say again? I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah, we have a ridiculously stupid arcane rules for how this all this bullshit works, so if I can trick you into saying it, it's not based on intent. No, but instead, we have essentially a three-part fight. So the first fight is Caleb and Chase fighting at a barn, and Caleb is regular power level, so Chase just clowns all over him and mm-hmm. is like, 
Hey, look at you trying to do stuff. I am ridiculously powerful. I'm ascended and I've got the willed power of my dad. And then it hits 11, 12, and Caleb ascends, and they get into another fight where Caleb is able to do a little bit more because now he has his full ascension powers. Uh-huh. But Chase still has the power that he got from his dad. So he's like, okay, now I'm only like twice as powerful instead of 2,000 times as powerful. Yes. Sure. Now they're having a real fight. But then eventually, Caleb's mom like goes to his dad and pleads with him. And is like, look, you're almost dead anyway. Just save your son. Mm-hmm. Give him your power. It's weird because we're like, she's like, oh, for once in your life, think of someone other than yourself. Don't do a selfish thing. And you're like, this character has never spoken. The only thing we know about this character is that he used a lot of power because uh-huh. he is old. So all this pleading with him to change his ways and stuff feels a little hollow because we never saw him do anything else. No, he's never said word one in this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but at a certain point, his eyes glaze over and he dies. Lightning strikes Caleb's energy ball and gets even more energy ball-y. And now they're like, oh, no, now we're on even footing. Yeah. And so eventually, the way that he kills Chase is... It is literally passing the energy ball. Mm-hmm. Chase shoots an energy ball at him. Caleb grabs it, juices it up, and shoots it through the chest of Chase, which sends him flying into the barn that also blows it up for some it's reason. On, it's on fire already, and I think it, this accelerates it, but we don't see... It's not like a, a gruesome death. He just disappears in a fireball. Like, literally disappears. Like, they, yes. like they grabbed him using the, uh, the, the grab tool uh, in Photoshop and shrunk him until he disappeared. <laughs> Uh, this, of course, allows Caleb to save uh, Sarah, his love interest, who, mm-hmm. God, does nothing in this movie. Like, again, I was thinking, I at mean, least she might serve the purpose of the audience stand-in of, yeah. I don't know what's going on, please explain things to me. But they don't explain anything, and she does nothing. Hey, she's naked enough that you can see the top tat, the, the the above the ass crack tattoo. And there's that one scene where Kate is is whining about how uh, her boyfriend Taylor Kitsch is being too jealous right now, and she's like, "I hate him because he's being so jealous right now." In fact, maybe I will go date that other guy just to teach him a lesson about jealousy. And she's like, "That's fucking dumb. You shouldn't do that. That's hey. why he's being jealous." Yeah, maybe he's jealous because he can obviously tell you want to fuck Sebastian Stan. And she's and you like, know what? No that's shame. fine. Yeah. Everyone wants to fuck Sebastian Stan. But then she's like, look, he's trying to call me eight times in the last hour. God. And she's like, well, then you should answer the phone. He's your No, boy. I'm not going to talk to him until he stops being stupid. I'm like, how do you know if he stops being stupid until you talk to him? Yeah. Well, we get basically we get Kate being a standard unreasonable teenager, which is weird for a 25 year old woman. Um, and that's the one scene where you get to watch Sarah being like, I'm going to be perfectly reasonable in this scenario. Uh, you're giving off a lot of I want to fuck the new guy energy. <laughs> and so am I just a different new guy. It's new to me guy. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm just telling you that because maybe you do, you know, maybe that's fine. Maybe it's time to break up with with uh, Pogue that, you know, or, you know, maybe you open up the relationship, maybe open up the relationship. I'm just saying the current state of your relationship is unhealthy. And I think you need to evaluate that. Yeah. But apparently when Caleb kills Chase, that is enough to. I guess, fix the internal injuries of Pogue uh-huh. because both him and Kate are in the hospital. Uh, Kate for the whole spider bite thing, Pogue, because he just crash. got slammed down into the ground by Chase. Yeah. But as soon as Chase dies, both of them wake up and like Pogue sits up with like a big <gasps> breath. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that he did. He didn't put a curse on you. 
He beat the shit out of you. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> Maybe he also put a curse on him. Who knows? Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to break your ribs, but also I have cursed your ribs to suck. And if you're wondering what happened to other two guys, well, they go to the prom that night because there's like a dance that night and they're supposed to be escorting Sarah to keep her safe. But she just immediately gives them a slip and escapes because their witch powers are useless and suck. No, it's Chase immediately grabs her. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Chase grabs her. That's right. My yeah. bad. Um, And then the two of them don't notice for a long time. And then they're told, and they test out the dance, and they're like, ah, oh, she's not here. Oh, it's 11-12. I guess, uh, I guess happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Caleb. And then they're just done. Yeah. They cease to exist, <laughs> because the end of this movie is just going to be Caleb and Sarah with the firefighters around, and their firefighters are just like, well, we didn't find a body, and obviously, I know you burnt down a historical site, but... uh. You are rich and white, so you're free to go, sir. <laughs> there was something weird about that shot, too, when the fireman walks up, right? Because he, like, we track that fireman walking up for, like, 20 solid seconds. It's all close up on his face. He's, like, this another handsome male model. Like, this movie was made by David Dakota or something. <laughs> Just walking slowly along, and he finally gets up there and takes off his hat and goes, like, I'm sorry, I've examined the entire area, and we didn't find any additional bodies. And you're like... What was that? Was that like was that like Rennie Harlan's good friend who <laughs> needed to be in this movie? Uh, it's it's very weird. That Just opens his mouth and is like paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> the fact that I kept going like, what did you say to these guys? Like, were you like, oh, we came out here because we heard a dude set this barn on fire. Also, we had nothing to do with it. And that guy's probably dead in the barn. And they go. Yeah, we didn't find any other guy, and you're obviously under arrest. <laughs> yeah, right? Also, I just wanted the fireman to be like, also, uh, just out of curiosity, who blew out all the windows on your car? Because all four of the windows of your car have been blown out. Yeah. And then the fact that the end of this is him being like, all right, now let's get out of here. And I've learned my lesson about magic. Anyway, I'm going to immediately use it to fix my windshield, mm -hmm. magic all of the glass back into place, while... A half dozen firefighters stand two feet away. Mm -hmm. I will just immediately expose myself as a magic man. I do not give a fuck anymore. I just want one of the firefighters to be like, ah, I guess the new BMWs do that. <laughs> Damn, I got to get me one of those fucking rich kids. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's just the way this movie, uh, you know, it starts playing fucking a song by a new metal band you've never heard of called like a quiet promise or whatever the fuck <laughs> and that's the end of that oh lord yeah the fact that it just ends on him being like well now i'm powerful and he just drives off in his nice convertible with his hot girlfriend and there were no repercussions all four of these boys are going to ascend into super witches like i was kind of expecting the movie to end with like the witch magic going away. You know, that was kind of where I figured it would, it would fly down. They'd be like, all four of these boys get to live, but they're not witches anymore. So we have to deal with their whole, like we have to inevitable you know, curse that this is. Yeah. It, you'd think given that the whole thing is about like, Oh, it's this covenant about around these families. And you might be like, Oh, what's going to happen is he's like, I don't have enough power to beat him. Even ascended. But if I get all three of you to also lend me your yeah, power, I thought then I could do that. I absolutely thought this was going to be a Voltron ending, right? Yeah. You have like Pogue waking up in the hospital and being like, I'm lending him my power, wob, 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 wob. And then it would cut over to like Ray Reed, who's like, he also needs my power. And then the third kid's just like, also me. <laughs> and also yeah. me. Here you go. You can spirit bomb him now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was just, oh, uh, my dad, who no one has talked to, uh, he gives me power, and then I beat the shit out of him, and now all of us get to remain rich and magical. No repercussions. Uh-huh. 
fucking Jesus. Uh, it sucks. Anyway, and then it ends, and that's the movie. Yeah. Thank you. But you know, it doesn't suck in a way where I hated it, because at least it's fun to watch Sebastian Stan throw invisible Hadoukens at people. <laughs> Sebastian Stan did all of his own stunts mm-hmm. and was clearly just like, oh, I'll eat any scenery you let me have. I'll eat any ass you have available. <laughs> I'll drink up all the ass you have on your shelf. <laughs> yeah. That's what you were going to say, right? That is exactly not- what I was going to say. We're always completing each other's sentences, so. <laughs> uh, so let's get into our bests and worsts. What is the best part of the covenant for you? It's probably just Sebastian Stan ham- hamming it up all over the place and just clearly being too good for the material. But I'm going to stick to my guns and say it's the scene where where Kate is dressing down Sarah over her high school bullshit. Yeah. I just like that scene where she's like, well, yeah, it's because you're giving off extremely uh, perilous amounts of I'm going to fuck the new guy energy. And she's like, that's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm not going to talk to my boyfriend about it because Mm -hmm. he's silly. Yeah. Maybe I should date the new guy. That'll teach him to think I'm going to date the new guy. You're like, she's like, that's dumb. (laughs) That's awful. Don't do this. Yeah. (laughs) Or if, you know, if you're gonna, then, you know, you got to follow my teenage guide to popularity. Let me just lay that out for you real quick. <laughs> You're so novel. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What was the best thing in this? Uh, I mean, it definitely is Sebastian Stan. Honestly, the scene where he finally reveals himself to Caleb and is like, hey, motherfucker, I'm super powerful and I'll beat the shit out of you and tells yeah. him his whole backstory. Sebastian Stan is just like constantly being like yeah, yeah i'm crazy he's also the only person in the movie who gets to actually say which yes uh, there's a part where he says like "Ooh, did i just say which oh no and then the the worst unenviable line, the line of i'm gonna make you my weach <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oof! yowza the line's so bad you do a flare flop <laughs> All right, worst thing in the movie. I was about to, if you hadn't said it, I was going to say Weach. <laughs> That's fine. You can say it. Yeah, I, I I, mean, ultimately a lot. Of, I mean, the the dropped, the constant dropped characters and subplots of this are not great. No. They're, they're, it's not a good look. It's almost like this had originally been pitched as a TV show and then was adapted to a movie and they just kept some of the characters in. I mean, like I said, this feels very much like two scripts where the first one was about witches and the second one was a revision where it was like, no, it's just magical boys, yeah, and they're they're very handsome, yeah, and they all of the characters that got shunted out feel like, oh, well, we were making the craft for boys, and so we had to have some regular humans that they were fucking with so they could learn their lesson, and then they realized that's not good. We want them to throw Hadoukens at Sebastian Stan. <laughs> it's very true, and I love that, but I, I'm sorry, magical boys and they're very handsome. <laughs> It's, is it's magical boys and they're very <laughs> handsome that's an anime right now obviously it's either an isekai or it's like the best like like a tori amos song there ever was <laughs> magical boys and they're very handsome <laughs> the new album by bjork <laughs> i'll take whichever it's fine <laughs> oh you'll take whichever hey <laughs> but no i mean we is such a regrettable line that i feel like it deserves special mention <laughs> almost in a so bad it's good category uh-huh it's time to make you my we Oof. The thing is, when he delivers it, you can tell Sebastian Stan does not want to, because there is a full beat yeah. before he, he's like, I'm going to make you my looking off steal, screen. stealing self. Renny, <sighs> Renny, do I have to? <laughs> Big nod from off screen. 
We watch. <laughs> ah, bon, bonsoir. <laughs> I don't know if Rennie Harlan is French. It just sounds like he. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> like this snooping dog. <laughs> ah, yes. In my language, we watch is a word of love. <laughs> oh, he's Finnish. He's from Finland. Eh, close enough. <laughs> In many ways, the France of Scandinavia. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> truly. <laughs> in that everyone's always smoking and depressed. <laughs> I did it. I collected the two. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and say my least favorite thing in this movie is the fact that it just ends on invisible Hadoukens. Yeah. The, the fact that <laughs> you so spend dumb. this entire movie being like, magic is whatever you want it to be, and it just bends reality to your whim. Oh, well, how do you fight if you're two wizards? Oh, you just throw Hadoukens at each other until someone dies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure. And they're not even cool Hadoukens. They don't track or anything. They're constantly just jumping over them. Yeah. It's just, what do you do? I shoot a wobbly ball of invisible energy. It's roughly the size and impact of a basketball. It's basically like you're just hucking a basketball, hucking basketballs at each other. You have an inexhaustible supply of them. Yeah. Sometimes I'll kick the ball at you. Sometimes uh-huh. I'll throw it overhand at you, but it is always just an invisible ball. It, it would be very funny to see an edit of this movie they were, where they replaced the Hadoukens at the end with basketballs and just, <laughs> <laughs> just had the two of them hurling basketballs at each other yeah. and just be like, I'm going to kill you, hook, doing bonk, 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 bonk. It would be... Uh, okay, so what we need to do is basically have the ending of this movie, but you replace it, and now it's the end of High School Musical. <laughs> I was going to say, the ending of this movie, exactly as it is, but it, the, it's the last 10 minutes of this movie and the first 50 minutes of Hoosiers. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, okay, what was your, what was your worst thing? Oh, that you was, just said it was the Hadoukens. The Hadoukens. It's yeah, fucking no, stupid yeah. that you spend the whole movie going, yes. Ma- magic powers that do anything. Anyway, I, I don't know. I'm just going to huck a ball at you. <laughs> yeah. It's sad. Uh, so we are now going to rate the movie. We are going to each give this movie a rating from zero to five to give a total out of ten. Jeff. Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. It's not good. It's not a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. It's not. But but I didn't hate it. And I was okay watching it the whole time because like, ah, another shitty new metal song I'm aware of. Yay. And boy, those boys are pretty. And look at these stupid magic powers. These magical boys are very handsome. Yeah. Like, this is the kind of movie where uh, normally I would be like, how do people watch this kind of shit? It just has handsome people. And I fuck it. it it's, it's, like, uh, it's, it's like a stupider Twilight, you know? Yeah. But it, the fact that it's less overwrought speaks to a lot for me. Where I'm just like, no, all four of the main characters are just smug shits. And they're, they're, they're aware of it. And they're handsome. And they just throw shit at each other. Yep. That's it. What about you? I mean, I feel like 2.5 is probably the correct answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this really feels like a 5 out of 10 movie it because does. you're like, yeah, this is bad. It's stupid and fun and bad. Yeah. Like, this is an okay bad movie night movie. Yeah. This it's- is the kind of thing that if you're like, I'm going to force someone to watch this with me. Yeah. At the end, they go, oh, my God, that was dumb as hell. And they were laughing and fine about it instead of. Oh my God, why did you make me watch that? I hate you. Yeah, this is no Bella Lugosi meets a Brooklyn gorilla. That's, that's, no, where, you know, you're, when you, by the time you're watching, you're like, Oh God, I need to shower. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't end this movie and go, 
fuck I wasted my life. I, yeah, you won't feel like you have to send John a Facebook message <laughs> yeah. halfway through this movie. It's a five out of ten. Yeah, there is no point where you're like, I gotta I gotta stand up and walk around a little. I, I need leave. a constitutional for watching this. I can't be in the same room as this anymore. <laughs> that <laughs> I I need to leave because my shame has overwhelmed my ability to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So five out of ten does really feel right. Thank you so much for joining us for our review of The Covenant. We will be back in another couple weeks with another movie mastery. And of course, if you like the show and you want to support us, you can head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery and support us there. Any amount you give helps the show out and every single tier that we have unlocks new bonus content. Hell yes. So you can support us at $2 a month, $4 a month, or $10 a month unlocks everything, including yeah. our monthly show and the TV Mastery, where we are currently going through TV shows that are live action adaptations of comic books. Yeah, and I think we just disco discovered what our next one's going to be, too, and I'm excited about that. But, oh, yes. But we're not quite there yet. So for now, we're still going through some awesome shit. Like today, I got to tell you, I'm excited to discuss the John Wesley Ship 1990 Flash. The Flash from 1990 is very clearly a product of when it came out. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear about that, you're going to want to stop on by and support us at TV Mastery. And you know you do. Yeah. Now, of course, not everyone can support financially. Times are tough. So you can always just give us a rating, a review, tell someone else, make sure the show grows and we can keep on doing what we do. Or, you know, buy a book. We've written like eight of them. Yeah, so, yeah, we've written a bunch of books, and we have a bunch more coming out. You can even see books that we have coming out in, like, July of next year already up for pre-order. It's wild. Yeah, we got books that don't come out for a year, and they're like, yeah, you can pre-order that. Why yeah, not? Yeah, so, so go support some of our rad books. And we will be back in two weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, all of you have a good one.